welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm so excited to be speaking with thought leader, discovery coach, sustainable fashion designer and all-round wonderful human being, Nick Davis. Welcome, Nick. It's so lovely to speak to you. Hello, Anna. Thank you very much for having me. That's um, a massive introduction. I'll try very hard to live up to it, but thank you. I'm very flattered. (laughs) You do every day. I follow you online and your comments, your commentary on life, all of these things are just so incredibly inspirational and supportive. And I I really think your openness in the things that you deal with every day, and you're particularly quite open about your menopause journey recently. I just think that's so open and encouraging for other people and can only help to improve everybody's situations. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's it's, it's a really lonely and dark place when you have to keep all of this stuff to yourself because you know you think that you're the only oddball that um you know you're the only person that's you know not managing and and not coping and you know you can enter this narrative where you're you're broken and there's something wrong with you you know I mean I'm a real believer in you know we 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 all have we all have crap in our life you know there is no perfection there is nobody with this wonderful perfect story because that's just not what being a human beings about and um I don't want to buy into this optical illusion and I, I don't want to contribute to an optical illusion that sets standards um and a reality that can only make other people feel inadequate um and that they're failing when in actual fact the thing that we really need to do when we're in these challenging situations and the menopause is just one of them I mean you know the menopause is really topical for me now because I'm 48 years old I'm having um, a pretty tough menopause and it's a really big thing in my life but if you'd spoken to me a few years ago I would have been as open and honest um, around postnatal depression you know if you'd spoken to me a couple of years ago it would have been around grief you know if you'd spoken to me in you know my 20s when I had a breakdown it would have been about depression I mean you know these are all you know part of my journey and and actually a lot of the growth and the ability to heal and the ability to to move on from it is is kind of being able to look at all of this stuff and say in a very I guess perverse way it's okay you know this this is this is okay I can look at this stuff I don't need to hide it and it's only by facing it and dealing with it that I can actually move through it and um and I just didn't want anybody else sat at home alone thinking that they were the only person because I don't think any of us are alone I think this is what I think this is what normal is you know I think life is a series of challenges um, the menopause happens to be my big one right now but it is there will be something else it's a series of challenges and it's 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 about how we can come together and, and connect in our imperfection in our messiness in the in the place where stuff goes wrong I mean you know I always think anybody anybody can be your best mate when things are going really well wrong you know it's like Simon Sinek says you know you don't you don't judge a crew um when they're sailing a ship in calm waters do you so yeah, exactly. uh, you know anybody anybody can um can cope with life when it's all going well <laughs> and, and that and that in itself is a false expectation which I think again is something we're brought up with and and you know you hear a lot you know about you know here's how to be happy be positive here's you know here's how to make things great here's how to change your life here's how to be this how to, how to be that and it's like no 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 actually 
sometimes I'm just a goddamn mess. And, and sometimes I sit in that mess. And sometimes I need to look at that mess. And I need to understand what that mess is. And it's really important that I do that. Because actually, if I'm just constantly distracting myself, because really I should be, you know, happy and walking around with sparkles, I'm not dealing with the stuff that's coming up in my mess. And I'm not really moving forward. It's just like, um, oh, it's a bit like, you know, actually it's my bathroom. It's driving me bloody mad, my bathroom. Um, part of it's on the outside wall and it, you know, it keeps getting wet and mold keeps coming. And it's a bit like putting paint on top of the mold. You know, the mold's not going to go away, is it? You know, you've got to get rid of the fundamental thing that's making the mold grow. And, yeah. and the paint's just going to paint over it for, you know, maybe a few weeks or a few months. But it's, it's not going really, to really deal with the stuff. And I think that's actually one of the really liberating things that I found through experiencing depression and, and menopause and grief is that it just reflects stuff back to you in your life in real high definition. You know, there's no escaping it. You know, it, it really kind of traps you in the room and says, you've got to look at this stuff. And, um, and it's really uncomfortable at the time and it's really scary and it can be really sad and it can be really lonely. But it is just, um, it's just so liberating when you actually turn around and look at it. I was just going to say, it's that curiosity, isn't it? If you can turn that kind of high definition view and and look at it all with curiosity um, and not judgment. We're so quick to judge, aren't we? And like, oh God, I should be doing this or so-and-so is doing that so much better than me. And I'm being told that I should look like this or act like this. We're so quick to judge that if we just switch that a bit and just go, oh, why am I feeling like this? Or why has that issue come up for me? And and, and where's that come from? And, and how can I understand that in a fuller way? You know, when we start to get curious and ask those kind of questions, that's when some of the kind of real breakthroughs can happen, isn't it? With those issues that kind of get stuck and keep popping up again and again. If we can sit in that discomfort and, and look at it with curious eyes, we can find our way through it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a real believer um, that life is basically, you know, a whole series of lessons. And if, and I know I've, you know, I've played truant loads of times, <laughs> both, <laughs> both, both physically and mentally. And um, um, yeah, there's lots of lessons that I've tried to avoid. And I think one of the things life does is it keeps repeating those lessons to you. You know, it doesn't allow you to move on until you've learned from it. And certainly my really big lessons have been when you know I think somebody's just got really really fed up that I'm just not getting it so each time it gets presented back a little bit more difficult a little bit more challenging and it's it's really important to you know eventually I I guess have the courage to go okay you know I'm going to face it so I'm going to face the fact that you know the worst world the worst thing in the world for me right now is happening um and I can't escape this lesson of course the biggest the hardest lesson of course is death you know, it's one that is inescapable, both in terms of experiencing the loss of a loved one, um, but also experiencing the fact that, you know, we're, we're all mortal. So one thing's for sure is we're all going to die. Um, and there's just so much, there is just so much that you have to learn from that. And I, I have a bit of a theory uh, about, you know, avoiding suffering and avoiding lessons along the way actually makes these bigger lessons much harder to turn up for you know kind of yeah. a bit more of a tsunami and I I, I kind of wondered the, the really big points um in one way you would call them the lowest points in my life but in another way you would call them the most 
the, yeah, the points in which I've grown the most um, have all you know have been around the death, been around depression, around the menopause, and so forth. Um, you know, and I've completely lost my train of thought, Hannah, because I'm so menopausal. What was I just saying? See, this is the menopause in action. And it must be so frustrating. It is. And I had a really important point to make that. If it come back to me. So it's something about, you know, if we avoid the lessons on the way, when we get to the really big lessons, I think they hit us harder. Because it's a little bit like somebody saying one day, are you running a marathon tomorrow? I'm going, oh, shit, I'm doing a training. Yeah, you know, I've never been for a run. How can I I've do never that? Been running, yeah, yeah, I've never been for running my life. How on earth am I going to do that? And that—that that was actually that was a really good. That's a really good example for my father's death, because you know we don't really talk about death. We're not. We're not. You know, we do sex education at school, but we don't do death at school. You know, we yeah. talk about birth all the time. You know, but we we you know even even when my father was dying, nobody really wanted to talk about it. You know, so <laughs> there's no preparation. There's no. Um, there's no getting your head around it. There's no build up to it. It really is. You, you know, you're at the starting line and you've got 25 miles ahead of you. And my God, it's no wonder you can't make it to the end. And, you know, you need people to kind of prop you up and hold your arms and, and, and to keep you going. And I think that's probably a really good analogy for it, actually. Yeah. Um, and I do wonder whether, you know, when we hit those low points in our life, whether it's when perhaps I feel I've avoided certain certain lessons and they just all catch up in one enormous one that I'm no longer able to escape from I I totally agree with that I feel like it's certainly so for me my biggest experiences around anxiety if I'm anxious about something and I think oh I just I'll just avoid that I don't need to deal with that today you know and I'll and I'll busy myself doing something else and I'll and I'll keep being busy and I'll keep stretching and doing something else and moving straight on to the next thing my anxiety will smack me in the face at some point and say, no, you need to stop. You need to deal with this. You need to feel this anxiety before I'm going to let you go any further. And, and they're the points that I'm, you know, I'm trapped in my house and I, and I can't leave. I can't function in, an, in a day-to-day sense because, I, you know, the anxiety has been building because I've not dealt with it. Yeah, and, and you know what's really interesting? I think... Um that as a society we find it really difficult to sit with people in discomfort you know whether it's anxiety you know sadness um grief whatever it is I mean the first thing that somebody may say is what's the matter I don't know if you get the same Hannah but sometimes I'm like you know I I don't have the words to articulate what's the matter I I mean some of that is just the neuroscience which is that the reality is we have so many thoughts and feelings that we don't have anywhere near enough language to express it. So we, we always compress our thoughts before they actually physically come out of our mouth because, you know, we have to turn it into some kind of language. And I don't know if you have this feeling, but sometimes in my head, you know, I can have that conversation. But if I started to try and verbalise it, uh, you know, I either cannot encapsulate I, I can't I can't encapsulate all of it or yeah. somehow it kind of invalidates it or it makes it sound just far simpler than it actually is yeah just the language we, doesn't do it justice does it yeah it's it's a feeling trying to translate those feelings into some way to communicate can be incredibly difficult and I think the other thing so sometimes it's nice almost not to have to verbalize what matter is but for, I think for us to get a little bit more in touch with our intuition. So you and I 
I think, Hannah, knowing you, you know, are fairly intuitive people. So we would pick up if somebody's energy was, was low, if we knew them or if they were feeling sad. And it's a little bit like the, the Winnie the Pooh and the Piglet thing, you know, about kind of sometimes it's just about being there. Yeah. Because um, the other thing I find sometimes quite difficult is when, particularly when you're in a very raw, you, you know, I, I don't know if you feel this, that at times, but sometimes we're just, for whatever reason, there's a real vulnerability and rawness and um, we're very fragile. Yes, definitely. And, you know, people can see this image of you. And I think that's why I try to actually post on the really dark and bad days because I don't want people to to look at this image of me, you know, clammed up with makeup on and being confident and using my voice and making that make them feel like, oh, I wish I could be like that because for every good day like that, there's a lot of days where I'm very fragile and I'm not that person. And, and it all makes the whole. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I've found is, we naturally want to solve things yeah so fixing isn't it yeah let me fix you yeah and and I've had genuinely beautiful souls reach out really genuinely wanting to help but they're wanting to help by fixing me and I think it's my perspective slightly different is that I'm not actually broken this is part of my journey this is part of my growth this is you know I might need support I might need friendship I might need love I might need people to walk with me in the dark for a while I might need somebody to um rest you know give me something to rest on during a very difficult period but it is it is my journey and I think by distracting us or stopping us or solving it for us I do wonder if it prolongs the process that we're going through and and sometimes when somebody very well-meaning says well why don't you do this 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 I kind of sit there and I think God, I'm so crap because I don't want to do any of that. And I feel even worse now. Yeah, oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> understand exactly what you feel like. And and I yeah. I guess I'm on that journey a bit of, of trying to accept that, yeah, I have anxiety and sometimes that expresses itself as OCD and I get depressed. But I, I'm trying to accept that I'm not broken and that this is the life I was intended to lead for a reason and that I have something to offer the world because of the things that I'm dealing with and maybe that's a different perspective maybe that's you know a bit of support maybe that is just sharing my truth but it's about you can't you can't put a plaster on me people often say to me well you know you've got anxiety just just meditate you'll be fine I was like no that doesn't work like that (laughs) you know anxiety doesn't doesn't just respond to the sticking plaster of meditation it's a whole raft of things that yeah there are lots of things I could do to help keep myself in balance and I'm figuring them out as I go along and it's a real trial and error process but that you know no one thing is going to solve it there's no magic pill this is what you were saying earlier about the weight loss journey isn't it that that there is no one magic solution that's going to fix you no, and that that actually really um, that worries me actually, and sometimes it makes me a bit angry when I see um, some of the stuff that's out there that's basically you know promising to to fix your life because we're, we're all human beings, and, and that means that by definition, no nobody has all the answers. In actual fact, the part of the greatest gift we have is you know understanding that we don't have the answers, and you know having that humility to and confidence to actually embrace that 
so I think you know no one of us has the answers I think there are lots of people um and not you know most of them actually aren't famous you know you don't have to be famous or to have written a bestseller to actually have some really um profound and wise insights to share with your fellow human beings and I think it's back to your point about curiosity and 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 just really about eyes wide open so I think it's really important to to look around us and to absorb and to observe and to reflect and to think but I think it's really dangerous to to buy into some methodology or you know one person's perspective as the thing because we're all so unique our journey is also unique you know the, the menopause is a great example actually and, and it's you know of course it's a it's interesting that it's a transitional part of you know our human journey for females in that you know you you can speak to a thousand women and you will probably have a you, you'll have some commonalities but you will have so many unique and different stories and therefore you you need to kind of take the stuff that resonates with you the stuff that really you know hits your heart that your instinct leans towards but you need to take all of that but you need to make your own recipe you know you you can't make somebody else's cake Brenny Brown may talk about vulnerability and there's definitely something I'll take from that you know James Victoire may talk about creativity and embracing your your weirdness and your uniqueness and the stuff I'll take from that I'll listen to to other people you know Simon Sinek will talk about the psychology of us in a in a more you know structured formal work organization I might take something from that you know there's there's hundreds of different people I might take I, I might take something from somebody I bump into at the market while I'm buying vegetables you know just because they've got they've said something that's resonated but there isn't there isn't this off-the-shelf solution this is about for me anyway I, I really think this is about going you know this is this is my life. This is my journey. These are my lessons. And all of this stuff around me is, is food for thought. It's interesting. It's stimulating. It's inspiring. It might make me angry. It might make me passionate. But I, I need to be able to have the confidence and belief in myself to, to bring all of this together and to listen to my instincts and say, you know, I need to play around with this a bit. How does this, how can this fit to enable me to, to operate and be the very best person I can in any given set of circumstances. And actually being the best person that I can some days might mean I lay on the sofa all day crying. And I don't think that's a weakness or a failure. I just think that's what I needed to do that day. And I, think, and I don't think we should have to be ashamed of that. No, I agree. And I think what you said there about trusting your instincts is, is absolutely key to this, isn't it? We are living in a society where we are bombarded with information and sometimes it's really difficult to just find the space the clarity the the self-belief even the confidence to trust this is what my gut is telling me is the right thing to do right now and that is sit on the sofa and cry all day or that is you know try a new form of exercise to to see if that will help my my mental or physical health but until we can until we can create the space and trust ourselves that we do know what the right answer is we're going to struggle to to see our way through things until we've got that until we've got that voice that we can listen to yeah, and, and, and actually what's really interesting, Hannah, you've just hit on there is as well is nothing, so by definition, we're, 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 we're evolution creatures, you know, we actually, our, our life is about change. You know, it's really a paradox that, you know, we all talk about being scared of change or we change every day because we get a day older. You know, every, every, every part of 
of who we are changes on a daily basis. And yet we, we seem to be so fearful of it. We're constantly trying to undo change. You know, look at the anti-aging industry. Yeah, of course. You know, it's constantly working against them. It's like, you're never going to win the battle against Mother Nature. It's such a ineffective use of your energy and your time. You know, it's, 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 it's not going to work. And, you know, one of the things I've found is that um, we, can, we can hanker after these things and nothing stands still. So if you'd spoken to me a year ago, what I was doing to manage my, um, balance my mental health, uh, to manage my menopause, my energy levels, and just overall my sanity, that's a whole different conversation, isn't it? Well, you know, what is sane, what is normal? But anyway, I'm not sure I want to be that sane, to be honest. Um, it will be very different to what I'll talk to you about today. And I think part of our journey is allowing that flow. You know, nature flows. Last year, you know, a good example, last year, you know, I have, um, obviously I'm in love with roses because they're beautiful, but they're also quite high maintenance. I mean, <laughs> a bit of a metaphor for myself, I think. But <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that sounds like really arrogant, like, like I'm calling myself beautiful. I mean, you, you totally know, like, I Own love it. beautiful things. I'm, you know, I love beautiful things. I like my beautiful clothes. I like you know, really glamming it up. But yeah, you know, there's, I, I really align myself with roses because it's quite a lot of <laughs> maintenance, both emotionally and physically that goes around that. But last year, for example, um, my beautiful roses, which have been doing so well, just did not really bloom. They just, they were tired. You know, they were tired and they didn't really bloom and it, it just, just wasn't happening and so we um you know had to to cut them back and give them lots of extra nourishment and basically give them a year off you know they needed a year off they had been blooming and they had been vivid and bringing so much pleasure and giving so much for you know a good five or six years and it really felt and I think the answers are I think a lot of our answers are in mother nature you know, things flow they needed a year off you know they're coming back they're already growing now and looking like they're going to have a great long year you know mother nature flows things change what we needed last year last week yesterday might not be the same as what we need tomorrow and again that's about tapping into your instinct you know I was, I was talking to you before we started this you know I mean what it was only it was only two and a half years ago I was you know superwoman running around a squash court four times five times a week you know, doing my hip training, um, you know, I don't know, running 10Ks and doing all kinds of ridiculous things. I can't even imagine doing that now. And it was just a natural thing because I listened to my body and my body was going, this is starting to hurt. You know, I don't like this. You know, for the first time, I started playing squash at 12 years old. I'm 48 now. Uh, how old was I? 46 years old when I got my first injury from squash. You know, I've never been injured before in my life playing squash. And then I got a really bad injury on my shoulder. And it's like my body's talking to me. It's telling me something. And then, you know, my passion and desire went, I'm just not attracted to it. I just don't fancy doing it. Can't be bothered. And then you beat yourself up. It's like, oh, you're getting late. You're letting yourself go, aren't you? You know, you're getting old. You're, getting, you're giving in. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's not my soul. That's not my instinct. That's not my internal narrative. That's a narrative that I've uh, allowed to pollute my mind for too long. Because actually, if I listen to my instinct, what my instinct's telling me is, oh, God, that lake's really nice. And I really like swimming. And just the the ease of getting yourself in a water where the water is carrying your weight for you and you can just glide through it is, is really quite magical. 
and then I was saying to you, you know, I've, I've started yoga and I'm just, I'm, I'm in love with yoga. Um, and uh, this wonderful teacher who, you know, I'm sure energetically I was meant to meet. Um, and that's completely different to where I was a couple of years ago. And that's okay. You know, it's okay for us to move on. It's okay for us to evolve. It's okay for us to, to recognize that our needs are changing and to go with that flow. And I somehow, why do we, we kind of try and grasp hold on to this stability like nothing must change and it causes us so much angst you know what it's it's really in actual fact it's more than okay to be a bit screwed up it's actually really attractive to be a bit screwed up because it makes it interesting it makes us creative it makes us real it makes us lovable it makes us to be able to connect it brings compassion out in us it's you know what it's really where the magic is it's that it's that's what makes us human hammer I so, so agree. Who who wants to be around a cardboard cutout with no no personality, no quirks, you know, no wonderful weirdness to celebrate? I Life think, would be boring if we were all like that. And we wouldn't learn. We learn from each other. The real, real, the magic, the real magic, the real way we learn, the real way we grow is is by sharing the really difficult stuff, the, sh- the stuff that we think we should hide. That's the paradox. That's the stuff we should share because that's where the magic is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where we really fall in love with each other. And the reason we fall in love with each other when we understand our vulnerability and our messiness and our cock-ups and our, you know, things that don't work as well as we want to is because we're falling in love with ourselves because oh. we're, we're, we're seeing it's okay. That's just amazing. <laughs> just absolute gold nick absolute gold but that is true that is it isn't it because why are we so attracted why are we so attracted to to people where who do that show up and own up who do share who who put their stuff out there is because we're attracted to the fact that they love us enough and they love themselves enough to share that because that's what heals us that's so true and i i want to be with people like that i want to be with people who can who can really love me when the times are tough I want to I want to be with people who can dance with me in the rain. Absolutely. Magic. <laughs> Absolutely. Crikey, I could speak to you all day, Nick. It's just you have such insight and wonderful kind of supportive words for people. Um, but I do have one final question that I'm desperate to know about. In the midst of everything that goes on in our lives, all the busyness in our brains and whatever we're juggling, it can sometimes feel really overwhelming to change your life you know I must start doing this or I must start doing that in order to be better healthier cleaner whatever that might be but but that's really overwhelming so what I'd like from you is your tips if someone could change just one thing what would you say that that should be big question so I'm going to make it a smaller question by just focusing on the next best thing for me I think it was rather than getting up in the morning with a long list of expectations and achievements and God knows what else, boxes I had to tick, people I had to be, places I had to be, things I had to look. I think it's just about doing the next best thing. So if I get up in the morning and I feel really crap and tired or whatever, it's about thinking what that next best thing is. And on that day, that next best thing might simply be just take the dogs out for 15 minutes or whatever it is something really simple another day that next best thing might be writing a chapter of a book or 
you know, putting something inspirational out there in, in my hope to try and change the world. Whatever you're presented with each day, and you don't, none of us know what it's going to be. I think there's like this mantra in my mind that wherever it is, or however I'm feeling, is just going based on my circumstances, based on where I am in this moment, what is the next best thing? Because we, we spend our lives trying to do extraordinary things, big things, things we make this impact, big changes, big achievements, big successes, big houses. Fashion, you know, we spend our lives doing that. And it's really overwhelming and it puts so much pressure on us and it takes so much energy. And maybe the thing we should just do is focus on the small things. Focus on the, focus on the small steps because they're so much more achievable. So I think that would be my one thing is wherever you are at any single point in your life, in your time, in your day, just focus on what is the next best thing. That is fantastic advice, Nick. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. And I am sure we will do this again very soon. Thank you. Thanks very, very much, Hannah. It's always absolutely delightful to talk to you. And it's really wonderful to see you doing this and helping so many people. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Nick. What a fantastic chat and great lessons too. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. And focusing on the next best thing, not trying to solve all the world's problems in one day. Fabulous. Thanks, Nick. Thank you so much for listening today. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.